Why do you come to us? I just want to keep my family safe. Treat them as our brothers and sisters. Teach them our ways. Keep up, Forrest, boy! If you want to live here, you have to ride. Let's do it. Just breathe. Breathe. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. It's a film essentially 25 plus years in the making. And it feels like that at this time. It's Avatar 2, The Way of Water, the next one from the GOAT box office by some means. James Cameron. Will he do it again with this one? A lot on the line with Avatar 2. We'll discuss it all here on this episode of A Mad About Movies. So welcome in. I'm Kent, hosting with my co-hosts, Richard and Brian. Boys, I know we were pumped for this one. I know we all went to the theater for it. Mm. It's probably the first time I can say that in uh, a, a long time, the fact that we all went and saw a 3D movie, right? Mm. When's the last time you had the 3D glasses on, Richard? It has been quite some time. Yeah. Even the phase post Avatar, um, where everything was in 3D, mm-hmm. um, I fell for it once and then was like, oh no, okay, yeah, no, this yeah. is not the same. And then I avoided, actively avoided. So probably 10 years at least. But you did see the uh, 10 year anniversary of Michael Clayton in 3D. That was my- like a special screening just <laughs> it was. for you. Yeah. When. Tom Wilkinson goes, I'm Shiva, the god of death. And he's full nude in 3D. That part's awesome. Man, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Uh, I took Coop to see original Avatar in 3D in like September. Oh, yeah. Prior to that, I mean, yeah, probably... Probably somewhere in that like two year span after Avatar, uh, yeah, Hugo maybe or or uh, Life of Pi, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. What was the Carrie like Mulligan that. movie? Um, where she Greg Gatsby? No, where she, with Bo Burnham? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Promising Young Woman. Promising yeah. Young Woman. That you saw that in three D. Mm-hmm. Would have been better That's if I'd known that. That joke would have been true. landed probably a lot better if I'd known the title of the film, but. <laughs> I was like, where uh, is he going with this? Yeah, that was good in 3D. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, There was a window there after Avatar and before Disney uh-huh. was spinning off oh, the yeah. live action remakes of yeah. Disney movies where they were just re-releasing original Disney movies in 3D. I don't know if you guys ever saw any of those, yeah. but they were excellent. And they did a, a few of those. They did Jurassic Park in 3D during that time. Oh, I did see that. I did I see remember that. they saw, uh, they released Titanic in 3D. Uh, that was great. I really enjoyed that, going back and reconverting some old classics uh, into 3D. I thought that was a really cool element and something you could do that might get people in the theaters. Jurassic Park actually 
was really, really, really fun in 3D. Beauty and the Beast, I remember being really special in 3D on the uh, on the big screen as well. Tale as old as time. You're always saying that. It is. <laughs> the thing about this one is 3D is not so much of a thing, and it's such a big bet for James Cameron with this one, is to get people back into the theater after the pandemic, to get people back into watching movies, to put back the 3D glasses on, and for this to be an experience for the ages, a three-hour and 10-minute experience <laughs> for the ages, mind you. First cut of this, or I guess cut he tried to get away with, was three and a half. So I guess uh, 30 minutes of stuff we're going to have to wait for for Avatar 3, which he'll probably get in, I'm sure. He'll probably cut it up in that in that way. And so how much were you anticipating this? Honestly, Brian, be honest with yourself. Um, six and a half out of ten, something like that. Okay. Look, I the thing about James Cameron is well, two things about James Cameron. He knows what a movie is, number one, and there's something to be said for that. For understanding, I am here to make the biggest spectacle that that I can possibly make right now. Um. And and number two, he 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 does. He makes experiences, and there's something cool about that. Now, like, once uh, I mean, this world is like, nah. I don't care nearly as much about it. I think as as Avatar Nation does, but the Avatar strong, Avatar up. Um, but 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 there there was some. I had curiosity about how does this. How does this look and what is like the the evolution of the technology and the yeah. world that this takes place in? I had some curiosity in that much more, I think, than I had interest in the characters and the, sure. the, the story and the movie itself. To your, to your point, yeah. just to cut in real quick before you finish, yeah. like I, I do think, and this could totally be a personal opinion. Um, it may not be like what everyone else was thinking, but like between the delays and because of having to build the water world and then COVID and everything, like it actually was the perfect amount of time where I was the most interested. I feel okay. like I would have been sure. less interested two, three years ago, and I definitely would be less interested two, three years from now. It weirdly hit a window where I was like actually kind of peaked for this. You're kind of ready for a theatrical. Yeah. Because I was really yeah. tired of this for like eight years after it came out. And then mm -hmm. it was kind of like, I sure. don't care. And then like I started seeing stuff and being like, actually, you know. And then we we did the episode, Brian and I, where, where you were out, Ken, on the throwback of the first one. It was like, this actually has merit to it. It's obviously a spectacle. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of looking forward to sitting in a dark room and putting goggles on again and, mm -hmm. and just looking at stuff. I don't really care, again, about the narrative, blah, blah, blah. So right. it, 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 they kind of accidentally on purpose got the release right at least for me but uh, anyway continue your point no that's all i was gonna say i i uh i think to now to kind of play off what you said i i think that the we you and i sort of said it on the the vip episode last week um or earlier this week excuse me like i don't unless this movie just totally blew me away which you know we'll, we'll get into here in just a bit um I feel like I'm going to have a hard time and I think that I 
am not in the minority on this. I'm going to have a harder time summoning the the energy and the enthusiasm for three, four, five, six, and seven. You uh, think yeah, you're going to have a hard time? I think that's uh, I think that's always been the major the major question, the major issue with this yeah. is it took you know 15 years or whatever to to get from one to two. And if we're gonna carry over this, and I don't want this whole this whole episode to turn into let's talk about the future of the series or anything like that. We do we need to just talk about the movie, but but I I I think Richard and I were pretty clear last week, uh, and I know Kent, you 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 pretty much feel the same way on this. It's it's like this movie's gonna be successful and make a lot of money, and there's gonna it's gonna get tons of of eyes, and uh, people are gonna see it. It, it it's it's more but like is that gonna how much of that is gonna hold for third fourth fifth sixth seventh time down the road and and i would say probably uh not not as many but anyway where were you at kanto on the anticipation scale for i mean this is a huge movie huge movie the the biggest movie of all time the first sequel for that movie like where where were you at on it yeah i was definitely intrigued by what cameron's gonna do because anytime he says it says directed by James Cameron. Uh, I get peaked as a movie lover, uh, critic, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just get really interested in like his, him going on a press tour or whatever because he doesn't do a lot these days. It seems to be it's Avatar or he's handing it off to somebody else and producing it or something like that or signing off on it and. Mm-hmm. So for him to to direct something, I'm always like, okay, he's got to have something here. Otherwise, he wouldn't do this. He would hand it off to somebody else. He doesn't have to do this at this point, right? He's mm-hmm. already got the biggest movie of of all time. And let me just say this, I guess, off the top. I'm way more interested in the world, the production of this, than I am the story. And I don't know if that's an indictment on the story, <laughs> or me or the my the way I watch movies or what but like I I can't uh, full disclosure I can't get into avatar worlds and Natiri the Navi I'm just not it's just not for me okay like I I'll say that off the top and f- James Cameron on this press tour kept saying just wait until avatar wait until you guys see this one before you before you decide right just wait uh, I've decided it's not for me. <laughs> it's, it's this world. It, 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 it's 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 objectively beautiful. Um, I will say that. I I mean, ninety nine percent of people will love this, and that and that's great. I don't know what about it it is for me. That's off putting, but there's something about it that's off putting. I don't know if it's the the proportions of the characters. I don't know if it's the you know, genericness of the storytelling. I don't know if it's uh, the fact that the character, the blue people have tails for no reason. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't figure it out. Um, cause I'm a huge Joel David, David Moore guy at any time he pops up, <laughs> I'm in. So you get that and Giovanni Ribisi back in the fold. Uh, then, you know, you've got me hooked, but all the other stuff I just can't, I just can't get into. And, and I'm somebody who loves science fiction, <laughs> But I don't know what it is about Avatar and and James Cameron's vision for this that I just aesthetically just it's kind of like a Richard Woods thing. Like 
The woods are fine for most people, but I don't know what it is. It's just, it's not for me. There's a lot of trees here. Kind of here with you on that. It's, it's woods adjacent. There are, there are trees. Rainforest adjacent. <laughs> Rainforest adjacent. I think it's more the characters and maybe the the Uncanny Valley stuff going on, maybe that, yeah. that might turn me off than, than any of the actual settings, because I think those are... Extremely well done. I see. I'm fine with the look. It's more everything that comes out of anyone's mouth. That right. For me. There's a lot of buy-in that has to right. be involved there. And the movie fan side of me is not bought in. All right. Uh, so I'll just say that. Whereas a lot of these big, big blockbusters, the movie fanboy side of me loves this. But I And I have to put my critic hat on and be like, all right, now, is this really a good movie or am I just being fanboy? Right. Am I being a homer, mm-hmm. if you will? So I can't Homer for this one, unfortunately, but I can talk about it as a movie and full disclosure. I love James Cameron movies. I love all of them to be, to be honest with you. I think he's, he's an excellent director. I mean, pure and simple. I think he knows what, what makes a good movie, how to, how to craft them. I think what makes his movies the best is the pacing. I think, don't think his movies really drag at all, no matter how, long they are. And I think that's the way he cuts scenes together. The links between scenes. I think he just does that well. And, um, I think he knows editing maybe better than a lot of big directors do. But the problem here that I see, and I'll pass it on to you, Brian, is that James Cameron also loves James Cameron, the director, right? (laughs) He knows he's the best. He knows he's the greatest director of all time. As it stands today, when this movie is released, he still had the number one movie 15 years mm-hmm. later, right? And that's saying something. And so I think without the lens of Avatar being the greatest movie of all time and the fact that he wasn't going to do another one until he could change cinema, <laughs> right? And... The fact that everybody involved with this knew they were signing up for the greatest movie of all time, like it, it felt like it it had the stench of this is going to be the best movie of all time before a frame of it was even shot, right? Hmm. <laughs> and sure. that's it's kind of what it feels like to me at the end of the day. I think I would like this story more. I think the plotting is good, but I just don't think thematically it intrigues me. Because I think it's well, well paced, well plotted. I think it's a natural progression, all all that. But I, I just don't think the story resonates with me because you guys are familiar with cinematic Jim Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story, correct? <laughs> mm-hmm. Familiar right. with that? Yes. We mm-hmm. we've talked about it. We've done throwbacks. I don't want any of that stuff, man. <laughs> if James Cameron had a different view on this world, I think I would be more bought in. If he wasn't trying to make this, to put it in Dewey Cox terms, his beautiful ride, this last note on the world of cinema to touch every thing he's passionate about in his world, every last bit of message he wants to get across as a quote-unquote artist, then... Maybe I'd be more bought in rather than, hey, what makes a good story? <laughs> I think that would uh, maybe turn me a little bit more too. It just feels, even for James Cameron, 
very preachy, which is saying something. <laughs> so, Brian, I'll pass it off to you. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, Can I give my I th- quick first impressions real quick? Please, please, please yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as peaked as it was for it, in so many ways, not to overstate, I mean, this is just the death of the movies, you know? Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> no, what, some- on that note, though, okay. uh, Richard, I just couldn't help but think when I was sitting in the theater with the 3D glasses on, I'm an hour into Avatar The Way of Water, and we're not even in water yet. I'm like, okay, James. Okay, Marty. Okay, Senor Spielbergo. Okay, all these directors who whine and complain about movies are just roller coaster rides now. This was a roller coaster ride. This was the roller coaster ride, right? This was made to be a roller coaster ride. So I just couldn't help but just go back to the irony of all the old filmmakers whining and complaining about franchised movies and IP that's kind of soulless and basically the goat of all of them making maybe the most soulless franchise of them all. But go ahead, Richard. Yeah, I mean, there. it's so funny. I was thinking about this. The, the, the major letdown of this one to me, and I'm not fully let down by it. It's a very confusing, hard movie to review, as was Avatar, by the way, um, because there's so many things, obviously, technically and cinematic that you go, that I get why this is really impressive and great. And there's so many things narratively when it comes to a lot of other things that are that are less and and I will say though that like I was kind of interested in this one because there was they had brought in a screenwriting duo and the biggest weak link of Avatar right is some really cringy you know early 80s action movie dialogue stuff that would have been cut out of the Terminator even mm-hmm. yeah and then put into this you know incredible spectacle and and as we were talking about that last, uh, earlier this week with Brian is like you know, if they can clean that up and bring in some screenwriters, um, you know, maybe maybe this could be really cool because it's it's yeah. I mean, I'm down for sci-fi. I'm down for allegorical sci-fi. I'm down for using extreme an extreme world to make a, a point about our world. I think all of that's interesting and can be done well and has been done well myriad times. But I I think it was disappointing to me this time. We go, oh no, this this is worse in a lot of ways with some of the cringe dialogue and some of the tropes yeah. and all of that. Like <clears throat> it did, it, it actually, it, it regressed on that front for me. And that was so like mm. disappointing. I couldn't even get past um, a lot of the progress that was made in terms of, you know, some of the underwater effects and, and even the 3d was even more of a spectacle this time in some ways. It was like, why does this exist? You're right. Can't there, this is, when I say theme park ride, I think when you say theme park ride, I literally mean that those rides that you go on that have the really cringy X, you know, we're going on a mission and the mission is to find the hat. And then you get in the mm-hmm. chair and the, and you vibrate around and you look at that. It's like that level, like literal theme park. Like ride. Stephen Lang is the, is the, right. the weird <laughs> right. guy that shows up and he stands on the hood of your car. Yeah, right. Like, Right. Not you guys again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like when I think I mean that like actually it feels like that. It feels like but the good thing about those even you know you get some thrills the chair moves that's a perk and then you're out of there in 21 minutes if that maybe actually like 9 minutes. But uh this time it's more 
you're here for three, almost three and a half hours. And, uh, you know, the chair doesn't move. It would have been cooler if the chair moved. I would have liked the chair moving. They can work on that for Avatar 3. I'm sure there's a version of this out there where you can get a moving chair. So that was kind of my thought. It was more, it leaned more into uh, theme parkery and, and, but with, I don't know. I'm, I, it was a, a little bit, of, uh, it was a bummer on it. And then, and then also, if you're doing that, I, I think this will key up the, maybe more of our conversation. If you're doing that, then this is a big monoculture movie that's just here for visual thrills and just here for sort of, um, you know, common experience of all seeing something and, you know, all the allegorical stuff about, you know, um, the college, you know, the ecosystem and, and how we should treat each other and all the things that he's obviously trying to do here. That's all great. Um, but then why is it so weird? It's like, right. not, <laughs> there's some really, there's a lot of very yeah. distinct choices. In of all this. the ways that he could <laughs> tell this story. Right. Why is it these weird off-putting blue people? That's kind right. of like man, there's this takes just a lot of, the of choices time, and like the morals of the characters and things like that. You go, yes. okay. I thought yeah. if this is a Law and Order episode, that's fine, but uh, let's make it even more basic. But then why is it? Yeah, bizarre. But anyway, Brian, I, I want to cue. No, you no, I, I, I hear a lot of what you guys are saying, and I, uh, this was a we- this was a really weird experience. I think <laughs> I here, here's what I want to start for for me personally, because like. If you're into this, that's great. Number one, number two, the Avatar fans, um, I, I think are, I don't, you know, I'm not a huge Avatar fan. So I don't necessarily want to speak for, but from what I have, what I feel like I've seen is, a lot of Avatar fans feel like the criticisms of Avatar, and that now will extend to Avatar, Avatar two, and and probably beyond, are criticisms that you could levy against most blockbuster films tropes and bad characters and dialogue and and all of these things and and that's not untrue um i think it is the like this is kind of similar to something that i say pretty frequently but like it's the movie's job to get me on board with it and to make me ignore especially when we're talking about a blockbuster movie it's 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 the movie's job and and the director and the the studio and that everybody who's involved in it to make me to make my brain not say well that was the stupidest thing anyone's ever done or said or or whatever or roll my eyes or whatever at right. all the weak points because every blockbuster movie has weak points it's just it's the way that it is it's really hard to to create a roller coaster ride or uh you know a space epic or um like a whole movie universe that centers around people who have superpowers you know it's really hard to do all of that and make the spectacle great and not have like you're not gonna have um like aaron sorkin writing the dialogue for all these movies or uh peter bogdanovich like (laughs) stitching it all together. you know what i mean like it's not it doesn't work that way and so every movie has has these flaws and seams and the, the 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 goal of the movie is to not let you is not to let your brain activate to see the seams and instead to just enjoy the experience and the ride and everything like that. Um, I think avatar does that a lot better than this movie does. Um, and, and so my experience with it was a lot of, um, not even rolling my eyes, but just kind of like 
having that like little chuckle of like, ugh, like that kind of like, oh, I don't know, man. Like that's, this is really rough dialogue. And these characters, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about who, who they are. And I, I, you know, you guys know I'm the most easily manipulated um, movie person on the planet. And I don't care about his, his Jake Sully's children like at all. And the, Con, I, th- there's a lot that's going on. So, so when that is happening, I need the the ride, the experience, the 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 environment, and everything, the visuals to be really engrossing. And that is to me, that's what carries Avatar through. And i I didn't really, I didn't really, I did not really dig nearly as much the the visual side of this as. I expected to, and as I did with with Avatar, I found a lot of it to be kind of off putting. And I don't know, I don't know if it's Uncanny Valley stuff or, I mean, I saw this in 3D. I sat center screen. I saw it on a. I didn't go. I, I didn't go to IMAX or or Dolby Atmos or whatever. But like, I, I think I, I I did my part on try to see it in the way that it needs to be seen as much as possible. And there were a lot, it was hard on the eyes to me. And, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a lot to take in and my brain just can't like process at that speed or, or what, but I, I did not dig the visuals on this as much as, as I think I needed to, to really get sold on, on this movie and this world. It made me wish that he, and this maybe would be what I would have, what I would do if I'm in the shoes and I'm not James Cameron and I don't have a gajillion dollars and all these sort of things. Um, I maybe would have, and I think this is maybe his like greatest weakness. I might have listened to the criticisms of Avatar and said, what I'm hearing is people are impressed by this world right. and they do not care about these characters right. and this story whatsoever. And therefore, Avatar 2 is 200 years in the future. And we're gonna we're gonna just move forward. You can almost do like the same basic story of like the humans have returned or or yeah. whatever else, but they don't give a rip about Jake Sully and and his kids and at least I don't. And and I but Sigourney as the kid. I mean that really brought very it. stressful. It did not enjoy that. There was some really I really did not like that. It was <laughs> it was hard for my I don't know. Okay, I, you're I don't a big know Sigourney I, guy. You talked about it at your bachelor party on those episodes. What'd you huge. <laughs> Huge. I wore um, lifts in my shoes so that I could be at her level. That's the goal, is to always be on her level. The um, Sigourney's great, and you know I can understand some continuity or wanting to have some continuity with the first one with with some recurring characters. I think the way they went about that was off-putting. Uh, having Stephen Lang as an avatar didn't didn't like that, even though I think at the end of the day, it's still, he's still the best character in this. And anytime he was on screen or, or whatever, I was way more in- interested than when it was. Meanwhile, back with Jake's kids uh, world. And so mm-hmm. that for me, um, I don't know. Again, that's an indictment on me more than, more than anything else. To your point, Brian, on the visuals of this, um, he was very committed to the water thing early on, really early on. Yeah. In fact, we reported here on Mad About Movies, maybe in the first year of the pod, 
that this would be in the water. Uh, because I was at a film class and a guest speaker was from the legal department at Fox. And he mm -hmm. uh, was asked, what are you working on right now? And he was like, oh, well, I'm working on some legal stuff for Avatar 2. And he, he was talking about well, what I can say is that it's underwater. And um, what they were trying to do at the time, I don't know if you guys remember this, was since Jake Soley is not a human in this, he's just an avatar, right? Mm. They were wondering if they can just not cast yeah. Sam Worthington at all. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> and just use his yeah. avatar face. And they were like, right. no, we can't do that. So him, the lawyer, was working <laughs> on that part of it, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. And then when you see this, 10 years later, come to fruition, un all underwater with, with Sam Worthington all as an avatar. I was like, man, they, they were really trying to work some things back mm. then. But so James Cameron's got a huge passion for underwater exploration. I mean, he's, yeah. that's been a huge thing with the, going back to the Titanic and he did the uh, Marianas trench run, I think after avatar. And so he wanted to set this thing in the, in the water period. And have that be a huge, a huge thing. I think the way he did the water stuff was, was pretty interesting. I mean, I've never seen stuff shot underwater like that. I mean, to be honest, do I did it make a huge difference? I don't know. But it looked really cool, I guess. I think in 3D the the stuff kind of on the surface of the water was was the best. Um and having the avatars kind of closer to the camera, maybe further away, the depth of field stuff was was really fun. Mm. I'm so with you, Brian, on the eye strain. And I was yeah, talking I with Bat with Batman Shane about this in the Discord earlier because I went and saw this. I just went to Real D 3D. That's what it said when I went to see this, right? It wasn't any kind of XD, IMAX um, special thing that I knew of. I just went to the basic AMC, basic 3D. And... I had no idea this thing was high frame rate uh, thing going on, right? The 48 frames, the the soap opera stuff. I had no idea until I sat down and this thing started. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, mm. no. Mm. My eyes never adjusted to this. Um, apparently, it's variable frame rate because there were moments in the movie where I'm like, okay, this looks epic. And then it would cut to like a an action shot where it would be in super high and it would be like super clear all of a sudden. And then it would go back to 24 frames or whatever. And mm. there would be a normal amount of, of, of motion blur and all the things subconsciously you want in a movie. There's a reason mm -hmm. why this has been the standard since, since the talkies were invented basically is when this was, this was standardized. And so it's just one of those things where this wasn't, put out there as like hey come to the high frame rate experience of of avatar where they kind of try to slip this by people and james cameron's like no this is the one this is the version mm. that you're gonna see you have to go out of your way to see a standard version basically is yeah. what i've been told like if you mm. want to see this in 24 frames a second 3d i think alamo is one of the only places even showing showing that version which is what i basically paid to go to go see or what I thought I was paying to go see. So they're trying to slip this hyper realistic 
version in in and I guess maybe the average person will be like, I don't know why, but that was super I don't know, almost almost like VR in a way. <laughs> and yeah. that's why. It's like a video game cutscene. Yeah. For the entire yeah, I movie. Mean, I, I I think the whole it's can you can you be super impressed with the quality of something while also feeling like it like was bad? Bad is not the right word, but I just it's like it's really cool you can do this. Um but I I'm here to I I kind of am here to see a movie, not watch somebody play a video game. And that's what I feel like um and I'm gonna get crap for that from from Avatar Nation, and that's fine. It's, it it is. Well, I, I they're gonna, you know, I they're just, gonna point to Brian. They're gonna be like, "Well, what do you think Marvel is, bro?" Marvel, <laughs> well, at the end of the day, yeah, has characters that we're super invested like in. Yeah. yeah, say what you will, but the, we they have done their due diligence. Marvel Studios has in getting us invested in those characters. We didn't give a crap before. I didn't give a crap about Ant Man. Until yeah. they did, they got me invested in it through well, the storytelling, they, right? They they did through storytelling, characters, uh, you know, good casting, all these sort of things. But but I think that there's a disconnect sometimes between the 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 super fans of let's get weird filmmaking. I think that there's a disconnect sometimes between that group and and normies like me that. It's like like I go back to Alita is a great example. Alita Battle Angel, I think is an awful movie. Um, yeah. The, the minus the that, parts you said were really sexy when you were texting me privately. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kent knows. Uh, he put that specifically. <laughs> the Christoph Waltz parts. On a, a flex. <laughs> <laughs> a flex right. Exactly. Just those scenes. Just the, the Christoph Waltz scenes. Um. Great bit. That got me. Um. Anyway, the, like. I think that's a terrible movie. If you like it, you like it. That's totally fine. Like I, I, I don't care. It's it was there's this like kind of weird. Well, I, I I can't believe people think that this is this is this is such a beautiful film. I can't believe people don't get it or or don't like it. And you're just like, it's weird, man. Like it's just it's weird to be staring into this sort of CGI character's eyes, and her eyes are huge, and she's the main character. And I'm I it's. There's something in my brain that says this is not quite right, and it being just a little bit off is it's the uncanny valley thing. It's just it's it's just a little bit off, and it does it 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 weirds me out. Yeah, he he's he's pushed it pretty far. I will say, like the photo real skin and sure, skin texture sure. is way way closer to reality, quote unquote. I don't know if I want reality. Like the further he pushes this thing, agree to. Yeah. Uh, essentially like what the human eye would see the yeah. more turned off I am by it. Yeah. No, I t I'm totally the same way. Totally the same way. And I don't know if yeah. he put, I, I think at the end of the day, Brian, I think he pushed this thing in my opinion and what I want too far. Like, right. Like this thing, like pull it back. 14%. It's, James. it's the Zemeckis effect. Like, I mean, it's, he's it's, so into the technology yes. side of it that yes. like, it is. It, it's. It, uh, I, like can't, I, said, I can't. It's. It. It. It's. It. It's stunning. I can appreciate um the work that went into this and like the the passion and the um. I don't think this is not a cynically made movie. 
there's there's lots of things about this and this process that you say, man, that's it's a great achievement. And then also say, but I don't like it. I don't like yes. how it looks. Sure. I don't like how it hurts my eyes. I don't. It, it's it's so much better than all of the Zemeckis stuff from that era of, of Zemeckis special effects. The, the, the Beowulf, Christmas Carol, Polar Express, all that stuff. And again, somebody's gonna be like, you're an idiot for even comparing these two things. But like, it, it is, it's, it's, it's significantly better. But the effect is almost the same to me of we, you, we, he's gotten so deep into pushing the technology and the, and the visual as far as it can possibly go that it still leaves me in a place where I'm like, but it, it, my brain tells me that that is not, that something's wrong on the screen. And I don't, I, I have a really hard time, um, digging into it and investing in it and and when you again when you count when you add to that like characters that i don't care about and a story that i felt like that by the end of the movie most of the story elements had come had come full circle and 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 worked but the process of of telling that story was was pulling teeth to me it was it was rough throughout like there were so many moments where i was like what why are we doing this why why are we spending an hour with this kid that I don't care about talking to a whale that I don't care about. And I was into the whale. (laughs) The whale was cool, but like, I don't care about its story. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't, I don't really care about its story or how it connects to by the end of the movie. I'm like, okay, sure. I kind of see, I see why we did all that, but it didn't make me feel justified or satisfied in all that. It just made me feel like, okay, finally we get to something that kind of, makes sense story ways i i'll be honest like halfway through i was like he completely lost story on this he doesn't he doesn't understand story anymore and again i think by the end kind of had come full circle on it but it's a lot it's a lot to get to that point um especially with as you mentioned richard really bad dialogue and as i think we've all kind of mentioned like characters that just don't really matter to us at this point yeah I will say, I mean, we see where he's going with this, right? Another thing I think we reported on the show was the the titles of these movies a few years before they were released. The Seed Bearer, right? Coming. The Tolkien Rider. Now we know what that's about, considering these Tolkien whales. So I assume the whale thing is going to be a, a huge theme through this. Unobtainium, no longer a thing, apparently, in Pandora. Um, the element completely gone, essentially, I guess. Wasn't mentioned. Maybe he got too slammed too hard for Unobtainium the first time around. But now we have, guys, $80 million whale goo that's going to that's gonna carry us through, I guess, a few, a few movies. It's only mentioned like one time. There's one scene in here, the three-hour movie that centers around that. That's yeah, what this is all for, movie. man. You got to get the whale goo. But why do we need the whale goo? Because it makes us stay young forever. <laughs> very Never Neverland Peter Pan thing going on here with James. It's, it's starting to kind of all make sense what he's going for. Note to James. Whale Wars came out in 2008, and it had seven seasons. Got it. Got a lot of juice out of that, that kind of stuff already. And Free Willy came out in like the early 90s. Got a lot of juice out of Let's Free the Whales themes too. So 
you know, this writer's team that he's put together, uh, Brian, mm-hmm. that's like, you know, I've put together a, a think tank of writers and they got together for six months and fleshed this thing out, right? Six mm-hmm. months? This? <laughs> uh, first of all. And B, even if those writers came up with good ideas, I think James at the end of the day is be like, well, yeah. how does that, how does that yeah. serve the whale storyline? Yeah. Right? And so no, I, at the end of the day, this is going to be yeah. his – what he, it's going to say what he wants it to say, no matter what makes a good quote-unquote movie from anyone else's perspective. Absolutely. I mean – and look, Jimmy can't he, – he's, he's no different from, from, from most of these guys. It's, it's – when you have that much – when you have that, those skins on the wall and you can just point over and say, you see that? You see that? That says – it says box office record, James Cameron, you know, when you can do all, when you can say that, you don't have to listen to people. And so, yeah, look, Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, uh, I mean, their script might've been the, the, the greatest script of all right. time. It doesn't really matter because a, because we know that's how every movie works. What's on the page. You're like, you're lucky if, if 20% of it actually makes it to screen. Um, but B even more so in this scenario, you know, uh, J- Jimmy's been, been trying to figure this, put this whole thing together in his brain for uh, since the early nineties, let alone just since this, this move, you know, the, the, the first movie came out and stuff. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of plot points that he's, he's got to work in here. Man, it's, it's just, the whole thing is going to go, it, it goes a long way. It goes a long way around. Yeah, Absolutely. So some notes on the movie. It's it's big, Jake Nateri fam. Brian, I'm not going to lie to you. It took me over two hours to realize that there were two brothers. <laughs> I God. That's an indictment on me. I know it is. But you know how you tell the difference? One has a band on their left, and one has a band on their right. So... Yeah, I, I knew that there were two, but I, I don't know their names, to be honest with you. Could guys. you tell the difference if they weren't standing next to each other? One of them, the older one, also was wearing like a a, a thick like necklace thing or like a headpiece kind of kind of bit. One of them had like the walkie-talkie thing, I guess, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know their names. I I can't. I, I they're can't getting away with a lot of this. I don't know plot device of the fact that Jake Soli was human DNA, right? So mm-hmm. all their sons say bro now and stuff because I guess English has made its way there and English vernacular. I don't know. <laughs> I went through. Bro, what are you doing? Through the course of the movie. <laughs> this I is went, a Navi. <laughs> through, in my head, I was constantly <laughs> like, can we please stop saying bro? And then I, then my brain would say, hey, you have a nine-year-old and that's like his top 10 most used word is to call people bro so that's probably pretty realistic on pandora but also i kind of need you to like again it's like we don't really want a hundred percent realism in a movie we want we want some when luke skywalker said groovy in star wars (laughs) it was like well my kid says groovy all the time yeah yeah the one that killed me maybe more than any others, and I, I don't know, Richard, if you have like a list of these, because I know the dialogue had to absolutely kill you, but maybe the number one on my list was when the the whale killer guy 
is like giving instructions to the crew mm-hmm. to go out and you know get you ready to go you catch this catch and kill this whale and he says all right let's make bank it's like oh my I know. god i can't do it i just can't do it anymore no uh, i walked out of the was, theater i had to go to the bathroom <laughs> at that point took a nice pee stared <laughs> at the wall for an extra four and a half minutes like it was a really nice pee and slowly walked back gosh yep absolutely <laughs> Um, so one of the things about Avatar, and I'm with you, Brian, if anything, this movie cemented what an achievement Avatar was, storytelling-wise, visual effects-wise. <laughs> I think that's why it did so well. I know that's why it did so well, because people are like, A, I haven't seen anything like this before. Yeah, 100%. And B, it's paced really well, all, all, all that kind of stuff. It has enough, I guess, juxtaposition between the human world and the Na'vi that it's not super off-putting. When you scale back the human side of this, you increase the off-puttingness. And you don't have, and this is a big reason why I don't think this one will make, you know, a ton of money. It'll make a lot, but, you know, nothing close to what Avatar made is because this isn't new anymore, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Avatar world, Pandora, right? Just watch Avatar, I guess, if you want to, if you want to do that. And so, I, maybe the water aspect of it is new, but I think the world at large here is uh, kind of the same, right? Maybe it's just uh, rendered a little bit better this time mm-hmm. around. And another thing about Avatar that that uh, kind of weirded me out the first time, but I was willing to give it a pass was like okay are they are they doing it with these plants or is it just me <laughs> they're definitely doing it with the plants this time around <laughs> like i don't think there's any beating around the bush if you will <laughs> got them there oh. right <laughs> like the the o face that they give when they're like doing it this time is it's a little it's a little weird it's god's weird man I'll just be honest, the, that, whatever, whatever, I don't care. The the one where I was like, what are we doing here is when he has to go, like, like he has to go fully inside the whale's <laughs> mouth to be able to connect. I was like, what is, what, evolutionarily, why would that happen? Like, Let's just say he sense. sees this uh, <laughs> shape that... Yeah, I would say, like, yeah. artistically is female. Yeah, I went to so covered Coop's eye. You know, yeah, I would say there was no, um, <laughs> they weren't trying to hide anything there, if you know what I'm saying, so, about where what the allegory was, you know. But why, why is it? I was like, oh, they're going Jonah and the whale with this? Oh, no, and he's doing it with the whale. Okay, all right. <laughs> Biblical? Oh, no, just weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did get an immaculate conception, though, so we did work in some mm-hmm. biblical allegory. Had to have to get that, obviously. Obviously, obviously Sigourney Weaver's kids got no. Be. We're gonna no. It's not immaculate. I think we're gonna find out her and <laughs> Jake did tree. it. Okay, or something. Mm, you know, no, it was definitely immaculate conception. I think. But oh, yeah. yeah let's let, that's a good transition. Um, the Sigourney thing. I don't like it. Uh, just bring back Sigourney Weaver. Somehow, just <laughs> just write her just, back in. No, I mean, just like have her in video form, like with a video diary or something that Jake yeah. can read every couple scenes and have her in there. I don't know, like 
14 year old Sigourney and to have her voice the same, which is a weird to have it 70s year old Sigourney's voice to not pitch it up at all was, was an odd choice. So it's her kind of trying to do this kid thing. Um, James Cameron's justification is like, man, uh, yeah, you can play down because she was 14 at once. You can't really play up <laughs> because that's all. You don't know what you're going to be like when you're old. Right, right. So that makes it less less weird. Uh, I don't know. Just don't have that character in it. We can. This can be a thing without Sigourney Weaver. As much as I adore her work, this is uh, it's very weird. Yeah, very. Did you guys know Kate Winslet was in this, by the way? I did, yeah, because it's not, all the free like, I'm trying to figure out which one was Kate Winslet. Yeah, for sure. It was the uh, it was the fish yeah. avatars, uh, the pregnant one. Yep. Was, Apparently, uh, that Winslet. role will grow as the films go on, so to speak. Hey, as it were, make that money, number one. But yes, it's like why? Are, I mean, I, the I weird support part was Kate when Winslet. she just started firing up eighteen footers though halfway through. Did <laughs> I tell you my idea for Avatar three? Fifteen, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Papyrus uh, was back this time. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I liked the bit of, uh, hey, I, like his whole, I lived on this world so long that the language became just like English to me. And then they, they stopped doing uh, subtitles. I love that. Smart. I don't, I don't, for, for, yeah. for that a, cross a, a half a billion dollar test, movie, yeah. we don't, I don't, no one wants to read this. Right. This is not, uh, you know, Parasite or something. So like, let's, I love that. Great, great respect for, for what he's making on that. It's good. And less papyrus that way. So. There was still a lot of papyrus, but I think it would be more of a story if he had changed the font to like something. It'd be like, Comic James fans. Cameron yeah. admits mistake with papyrus, <laughs> just, changes it in Avatar, you know, so. Doubles down on Comic Sans. Yeah, so he's, he's just like, you know, user. roll out, just pull up the file from Avatar, <laughs> exact same. Just open it up, scroll yeah. down to papyrus, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> That was like the official logo too. It wasn't just the the, the the subtitles. It was like the the logo yeah, was just I papyrus and all caps. I don't, I don't love the now. Logo. It has an official oh, kind of designed logo, I guess, this time around. But um, man, that was that was funny. Um, did you notice the allusions to James Cameron's own films in this, fellas? Like the Abyss, you mean? I certainly did. Alien. First with the apocalyptic apocalyptic destruction of Pandora, which I thought was a cool sequence um, okay. at the beginning when you have the Marines or harvesters or whatever you want to call them come in and they're burning down everything, right? Very Terminator 2 Judgment Day apocalyptic mm, sure. uh, feeling there. Yeah. But, in, but this time it's actually happening. And then towards the end, when we have the big military ship sinking with some of our avatar characters stuck underneath that was the titanic sinking stuck up to their uh i guess heads in water we had the strobe lights going off almost ex exactly like the jack and rose escape in in titanic mm -hmm. so he did that here yeah. with uh with avatars but so i noticed that stuff James Cameron's really into himself, so much, in fact, that the line said in the military vehicle as they're about to go blow up Pandora, 
two minutes to Pandora insertion was James Cameron. Did you guys notice that? There was, there was a lot of dialogue there. Of course. He's like, man, if it's Pandora insertion, I'm saying the line. (laughs) Get it. Yeah. Yeah, he's not he's not super subtle, I think. It's fair to <laughs> Pandora insertion. It's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think of the almost said landscape? That's not the right word, the oceanscape, as it were. Once once we finally do get to the water and I thought the fish were weird. Okay. All the fish that they designed. I don't like the alien fish. I don't know what it what it is about that. Um, that my brain can't can't buy into, but I thought the water itself was uh, really well done. I mean, you know, like the splashing and I guess the uh, creatures swimming through the water, the rain. Mm-hmm. James Cameron talks so much about, he's like, I want to know how water interacts with the skin. And then we're focused on like, He's focused on almost the wrong thing with this one. But but the way the water interacted with the skin was very well done here. I've always said that. There were several shots, like close-up shots. I was convinced they just painted a dude's hands blue and shot it for real, right? Sure. It looked that I mean, way there is you? a mix of practical in here, and and sometimes I think it is hard to... I think when it's at its best, it it was difficult to tell the difference between is this CGI or is this practical or or you know how is this all coming together? I just didn't think that that those moments were as plentiful as I as I really needed them to be. I thought the the waterscape looked beautiful, like all the yeah. I think you're you're totally right, Ken. Like the 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 corals and all that was great. Yeah, all like that the- stuff was really great and and looked really cool. It was the difficulty I had was when you, you kind of mixed in like action sequences with the characters into that. It just that <laughs> is where I felt like okay, now I'm getting into the this is too much for my eyes to handle kind of thing. Yeah, I can see that. Man, this character, fellas, Spider, Spider Time okay. slash Mimi Siku from Jungle to Jungle. That's what I've dubbed him. Guys, I can't do this at all. <laughs> this was the most bro character of the of the film. This is the cool kid. Simon Rex did a great job, though. He did. It was. I was on the nose casting Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I'm like, he's 45. <laughs> but um, yeah, that character was was bad. Of course, he's a clone of. Stephen Lang had to have that yeah. dramatic uh, tension there, <laughs> yeah. right? You're not my he, son. He looks like the other one. He looks like the. You're not my father. The, the bad bald mercenary. They look yeah, very he does. It's, I thought that was what it was going to be, honestly. Until oh, okay, all right, we're going this route. Um, yeah, yeah, he was terrible. I think he was. Um, he's probably number one on my list of what I mentioned at the the earlier of. The story, maybe it does kind of come full circle and you see, like, here was the purpose for these things. Uh, but I did not enjoy the story as it went. Um, like, to get to the the end there and have, um, you know, and Thierry, like, try to, you know, obviously we're in super spoilers at this point because we're six hours in. Uh, like, to have her, like, threaten to kill him and and uh, Lang's character, whose uh, name I've forgotten now at this point. Great. Um 
have him back off of it. And then the, the saving thing at the end, like all that stuff works narratively, but we had to get through like three hours of, I don't know if all of it works narratively, to be honest with you. Again, we're in spoilers. We're in spoilers. We're in spoilers. I'm certainly not like advocating for spider, but like, okay, it's fine. It works. It works fine. But God, it took forever to get to that point. And I hated most of the journey with Mm -hmm. him. It was, he was rough. It was really rough. The element did not work for me at all in that story. I mean, basically none of it worked. But especially when we're, we get three hours in to establish how evil Stephen Lang's dude is. I don't know, C- C- Colonel Quidditch or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Can't even ride a freaking broom, man. He freaking saves him. Like, can it not be like acknowledgement and then he lets him die and then he lives with that that yeah. knowledge like do we have to save the evil guy and mm-hmm. and, and have that uh, be a thing yeah. i i just got to set up got to set up the bear man i could not do could not do it at the end i couldn't believe it actually <laughs> that he went there with it we don't have we don't get any narrative satisfaction basically no. Like, can we not just see the freaking big, guy yes, die? Yes. I think that that's a big part of it. It's, again, as somebody who is very easily manipulated by um, lots of things in movies, but especially like like uh, parent-child relationships and, and surrogate parent relationships, like all these kinds of things, didn't I... I did not think that it earned that. It, that he had no was, idea who this guy was, and he just like yeah. freaking it, Hook, Captain Hooked him, took the kid away, yeah. and like, you're my it, kid now. You're gonna treat, it, it, act like this, and then he saves him, right? Just because he's genetically similar. Yeah, it it did not. It was not. Earned. <laughs> so, it was not earned at all. And it, when the whole point of this is that genetics don't matter, right? Yeah. It's not genetics. It's the it's the act of f- familial love, right? I thought mm-hmm. that was the point. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it it it's not. It's not great. Like I said, I think by the end, like the last fifteen minutes, from a narrative standpoint of this is we're setting up for this for the next film and stuff i get what they were doing and it's it is what it is i i didn't feel like it had earned it up to that point and spider the character jack champion the actor um not not so great not so great not very enjoyable i think not not at all i thought another funny part of the mercenary was the whole speech of we're avatars now if we act like them, they'll accept us into their world. We'll be indigenous. And then they immediately go in strapped to the nines like Marines with guns. And like they don't look, they don't even attempt to, to blend in from the very start. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a, why did we just have that speech? <laughs> Could it just cut straight to them coming in? But uh, it was very, it was, made no sense to me. We had the big rain ambush sequence. I thought it was, uh, was good. We introduced this water tribe, which uh, Cameron said, you know, in George Lucas's film, all uh, you know, each planet had a different race. Well, in mine, our planet has many races, so we're gonna have to meet multiple iterations of the Navi. I think along the lines of this, uh, the the ones in this one being the sea inclined versions, and I guess. Um, the tails make sense for these because they swim. 
Did you guys hear about recently that he hired scientists to do the ending of Titanic again? Because he got hammered so hard on myth about <sighs> yes. on Mythbusters about that being not right yeah. that Jack could have actually fit on the door with Rose. And <laughs> they tested it multiple ways with the exact yeah. size door, <laughs> exact size people, all this kind of stuff. And he's still insistent on like, no, so, no, yeah. that couldn't. So he hired people and he's like, well, actually, the uh, the hypothermia would have would have you know. And so he did all this temperature testing. I think this is. I mean, this is a big part of the problem with James Cameron, who is an incredibly good he's so good at what he does he's so good um it's especially when it's movie promoting time um and he doesn't make them very often so we kind of you, you kind of forget you know <laughs> during the 10 years when he's not promoting a movie um he's he's like he's like kevin durant on twitter it's just You've already won, dude. Like, you're James Cameron. You've made two of the three biggest movies of all time. You're worth, I don't know, billions? I don't know. Like, so much money. You you won. You don't have to fight with people on Twitter who say that, right. the, that the ending of Titanic was stupid. Just like, yeah. same with Kevin Durant. He you has don't to be right. have to get up every day and search your own name on Twitter and then just fight with randos that have 14 followers. Like you won, you're Kevin Durant. Just, it's cool, man. Like just be cool. It's, it's just move on with your life. It's, and I, I don't, I try to separate when we see movies. Cause I actually really like James Cameron in, in a lot of, a lot of his, his stuff. And then he just always reminds me, Hey, by the way, I'm a douchebag. Just going to let you just make sure you want to make sure you know, I don't want you to forget this, but like, <laughs> I try not to let that bleed into my, my, cause I, I do, I do think that there's, especially for this show, like separating the, the art from the artist is important and, and all this sort of stuff. And then, but I do think that some of his flaws as a person come out in his filmmaking as well. And, and this is, this might be the, the pinnacle example of that in a, in a lot of ways. It just, it almost feels, more frustrating that it's that it's that like my grade is going to be like it was fine essentially than if it would have been terrible because it it feels close to being something better and more than it is and then i feel like mm, but i think james cameron got in his own way and that's it's frustrating the scenes with the kids having to mount the fish if you will mm. gotta connect with it Become one with the fish. It was very awkward. When you talk about bad dialogue, to me, what stuck out the most in this movie, other than bro, was the scenes that tried to be super poetic. The sea is around you and in you. Our heart beats in the womb of the world. What does our heart beats in the womb of the world mean, guys? Can you tell me? Are they just words that sound pretty when said by in a Navi uh, accent? That's what that's what I think. Water connects darkness to light. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> light can't exist without water. You must become one with the water. Oh, all that stuff was just the biggest eye roll for me in this movie. The 
growling was yeah, <laughs> so uh, like the, over the top, like the man. vampire growling. I was audibly laughing every time that that happened in here. The like macho marine that was like sticking his tongue out, blah, guy was so yeah. bad to me. I really wish I could have gotten on board visually, but the freaking high frame rate thing completely botched. Like, at least I can enjoy this on an aesthetic perspective. I'm willing to give this another shot at home, out of on a version that like I know isn't going to destroy my eyeballs. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Because I know I'm not bought into the plot, so I think maybe like if there's a version that ever gets released out there, or am I going to have to encode my own version of the movie to watch it in uh, 24 frames? But maybe, maybe so. But anyway, yeah, like I couldn't even detach from this. Um, aesthetically because that part was like i had to close my eyes like i almost had to leave the theater to get myself a break for 10 minutes or whatever i mean i looked down on my phone quite a bit because i just had to take my eyes off of of that screen or i would like i would set the 3d goggles up on top of my head and just like look down into the m&m box or the popcorn box or whatever for for a minute just to like give my eyes a, a, a break. Your heart wasn't beating in the womb of the world, clearly, <laughs> yeah. at that moment. It wasn't one with should have corrected water. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know, man. It I know we're gonna get crap for this one. It's it is you know, whatever. It is what it is. We can handle that. But like I said but, this isn't for me. But um I guess critic version of me um wasn't for either, sadly. Which sometimes I can say, yeah, critic version of me love this, but it's just not for mm-hmm. me. It wasn't it wasn't either of those <laughs> this time around. You know, to kind of round this out, the thought of having to sit through <laughs> five more of these, yeah, I can't think of something I'd I'd want to do less. I, I'm more excited for the the Beast Wars Transformer reboot than I am about Avatar yeah. Three. No joke at this moment. Like yeah. the like the the feeling I had when I left Avatar of I want to watch that again. Didn't even have that <laughs> close to that when I left this one. I was like, I'm glad that's over and I don't have to watch it again for another few months until it comes out or whatever. And I can watch it at home this time. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I might be rooting for this tonight. I can go back like again, but I don't know that I, I, I don't know that I've got four more of these or whatever, five more. I, it, it's, it's just a lot. We haven't even got, I didn't even like the runtime was way too, it was way too long. It was so long. It was so long. Usually I feel like I, I, I want to come in and say, Hey, here's what I would cut to, to get this down to. It, it's, I don't even, it's not even so much that there's just, there's like, maybe just pick two of these stories and go with that instead of, trying to do three three hours 15 it's too much it's too it's it, this is too long it's too long to have <laughs> to just be kind of have your eyes just shouted at for for that i don't know man it's it's it was a it's a tough one it's a really tough one for me so any closing closing notes i'm 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 good yeah. only closing note i would have really is we're definitely getting avatar 3 because it's they say 95 percent done at this point it's already been yeah there's no no point in not releasing it. They've already they've already done the movie. <laughs> so yeah. it would be just sitting on a hard drive 
why not go make a couple hundred mil yeah. on that? That's so <laughs> Avatar 4 and 5, I don't know. We'll see if they give them more money after this to finish those. If they feel confident enough that Avatar 3 is going to do enough to justify the fourth and, and, and fifth. Um, he said that he's he doesn't think he's going to be around for all of, the, all of the ones that they have planned. He's like, I'm going to have to hand this off at some point because I'm going to be too old. Like he really, he really feels that way. So I don't know what the plans are. I know at least we're going to get the third one. I imagine that would be a 2024 Christmas release. They'll take a year off to finish it up and then roll it, roll it around. Yeah. The third one is supposed to be Christmas 2024. Yeah. And then, and then we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I just, I wish that. Oh man, I, I wish he would have listened to some of the criticism, and I think that this world could be really could be a lot cooler than I felt like it was in this movie. I just think that you need to focus on. I don't know. Did you hear Edie Falco say? <laughs> Yeah, she totally thought it's this movie already came out and flopped because she shot <laughs> yeah. it so long ago. <laughs> she she like, it's like, hey, you're great in Avatar. She's like, what are you talking about? From five years ago? They're like, no, yeah. the one that's out right now. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she thought it came out and nobody was talking about it because it flopped. Like, well, that's not why nobody was talking about it. But, uh, anywho. Yeah, I, I think... Sorry, I'll, I'll go ahead and get my grade and yeah. just say... Uh, I just... I'm going to give it a B. I don't, I don't feel super confident in that grade really one way or the other. It is a spectacle and an experience and Coop enjoyed it. And I have an appreciation for the, like I said earlier, it's like, I don't think he makes things cynically. And that's usually the movies that I hate that I, that I feel great about dunking on. Cause it's like, it's, it's not just that this was bad. It's that it was, it was made, it was made poorly. Um, this isn't, it's, 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 a, it's at least from the technology side of things and the, it, it, you can see the craft and, and the quality. I just, I wish I gave a rip about any of the characters and the story. And if I don't have that, then all I am is just, it's kind of watching a video game and it, I don't know. I was a little disappointed by the, the immersiveness of this one versus, that first one too, especially having been to Disney world a couple of times. And like, since the avatar land opened and, and how immersive that feels. And like, you just turn a corner and all of a sudden you're, you're like in Pandora and how cool that is. And it, it just doesn't, I don't know. It did not translate hundred percent um, with this movie. It was, that's which I, I think that's the thing I'm disappointed about the most. It's just, man, I really wanted that experience if if nothing else so just a straight b for me how about you rb i'm gonna go a little lower um probably on a lot of things all things being equal i'd grade it at a b or b minus but three hours bro c plus for me (laughs) c plus yeah and uh bummed out because i was kind of i went in optimistic kent what about you yeah i'm I'm in between you guys i'm 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 at a B minus. I don't think this will ever get up to an A for me on a rewatch. I think it has a potential to be a B or B plus if I can survive the eye strain portion. But I don't think this really pushes the story 
uh, like like in an interesting direction. I mean, we have whale goo now. I mean, that's really it's really it. We knew genetic avatars were a thing. New Stephen Lang enemy guy was the thing. I guess we have weird Mimi Siku kid now. So we have like a new character, a few new characters in it, but they're characters that we we, we still um, don't don't really care about that much. So I don't know. In terms of what this sets up for the future, it's like not much. <laughs> like, do you feel like this the second movie and a lot of these is like, man, it's really just. <laughs> Setting up for future events, man. You know, just wait. You know, the Empire Strikes Back is is kind of chill, but it's gonna it's gonna conclude with something epic, right? I don't feel like this is concluding for anything really, really epic, especially at least leading up to this third one. Maybe the fourth one is gonna bring some yeah. Some epicness. I see where it's going. I just and look, that is a fair point to bring up. Like the second film in a trilogy or a quadrilogy or a quint or whatever is is very hard from a from a story standpoint um to to pull off because you're you're starting in the middle and you're you're not ending it's a tough one um it can be really difficult to do that so that's a fair like hey in its defense kind of thing that you could throw out i see where it's going ken i see how it advanced the story i just don't care about it i think it's not it's setting um, up for i don't give a crap about to be the villain right yeah yeah i mean for sure. Or like at least the conflict between Spider and the 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 Navi people and now you've got here, you know, we're we're sea people now and um so we, we have all, all of that going on and, and just the, 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 the coming war between the full on war between the Navi and, and the humans and stuff. So it's like I, I see where it's going. I just don't I don't care. I don't care about where we're at on on these characters and stuff. It's, it's not, I don't know. And I don't know how many people do care. I think that James Cameron really wants us to care about Jake Sully and his family. And I would like to be able to do that. But I, I two two uh, two movies in, I, I, I cannot, I'm, I'm not there. So a couple more notes for me and we'll hit weekly recommends here is the moment with the Marine getting his arm chopped off. In this, got an audible, uh, I don't know, cheer from the audience. It's kind of the moment from Titanic with the propeller guy, you know, <laughs> like he had one moment in this like that. But Peter Jackson had like 18 of those in just the second Lord of the Rings movie. So, like those big, like, whoa, um, people just got wrecked action scene moments. Uh, there was one of those here. I wish there was more because those are really fun. And, um, yeah, he stretched his legs a little bit, but not not all the way. So maybe we'll see more of that going forward. And do you think, last thing, do you think James Cameron has helped or hurt the stock or popularity of Fox Racing merch? <laughs> wow, that's a good one. <laughs> well, I mean, are we talking long-term market or... You know, Talking like 2022, what's popping with Fox Racing merch now that James Cameron, it seems to be all he wears, is big yeah. Fox Racing motocross fan, apparently. Maybe <laughs> just likes the likes the clothes. I don't know. I assume if he's a billionaire, he's into racing. Are, yeah, aren't they all? <laughs> it's his Paul Feig three-piece suit. 
<laughs> Fox Racing. I'm only wearing Fox Racing from now on. Team Cameron. All right, let's hit a weekly recommend, fellas. Weekly recommend. All right, what you got, Brian? Real easy one for me. Um, sorry if I'm stealing this from you, RB. Uh, HBO Max, Banshees of uh, Inishirin. Probably killed butchering that. The new Martin McDonough uh, is awesome. It's so good. It's so freaking good. I'm we'll sure we'll do an let's episode. Let's make that a double recommend. Let's make that okay. a double recommend. Yeah. We'll definitely do an episode on that because it's for sure going to be a uh, an awards player. Um, it like nothing happens in a lot of ways. It's a very, <laughs> it's just a very, it's a hard movie to describe without giving away like some of the, I, I I'll be honest. I don't know where you were at with this, Richard. Yeah. I knew nothing about it other than, uh, Martin McDonough and then, and, uh, and then Colin Farrell and, 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 uh, Brendan Gleeson. That's it. That's all I knew. I read the one line description on HBO Max as I was firing it up. I knew nothing else. I'm glad I went in that way. Um, it's brilliant and hilarious and dark and and really sad. And uh, he's just like there's a world where he's my favorite director in five years. I mean, he's just he's such a great he's such a great screenwriter and uh and director and these two rich and i were talking about this off the air last week after right after we had both seen it they're just like the perfect vessels for for what he writes and and what he puts on the screen it's god they're so good they're just so good so i loved it and uh i'm sure we'll we'll do a full episode on it uh at some point in the next uh in the next month or two excellent i can't wait to watch that one that that one uh came on vod when I was on vacation. So excited to, to dive into that one for sure. Um, Richard, you, you watched it. Yep. Obviously. Yep. It's my guy. I went out and saw it actually. Awesome. Look at you. I know. Going to a movie. That's I know. crazy. Went out and saw what, that what, one. Is that a double recommend from you guys then Richard? Yep. That's a double. Okay. I'm going to double rec- I had something else, but I'm going to go ahead and, emphasize Brian's even further and say it's greatness definitely in our in a top part of probably both our lists certainly might I don't want to speak for him at the end of the year yeah I dropped it in at five as sort of a placeholder because I I really was like I I don't often when I make my list I through the year on on letterboxd uh I think I'm just at Brian Gill uh or maybe I'm being guilty I'll look it up anyway um I don't. I try not to put too much thought into it. You know, it's just like, all right, yeah, that was really good. I'm gonna give it this rating, and that makes it that puts it somewhere between this movie and this movie. Cool. All right, we're moving on. And at the end of the year, I'll really try to think it through a little bit. Um, that was one that I watched, and I was like, gosh, a it was very, very good, very, very good. I don't know if it's the best movie I saw this year or like the seventh best movie I saw. I need to really think about it. There's a lot to process. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely leaning more towards like top. It might be number one at the end of the year. I don't know. Like, it's definitely a, like, I would be shocked if it's outside the, the top five at this point, the last like four days since I saw it is it's gone up even further in my, my estimation. So loved it. It was very, very good. 
Awesome. Great. Um, I'm going to recommend, I think I'm going to go TV show with this recommend, uh, fellas. Uh, have you guys watched Pepsi Where's My Jet? Seen about half of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think this is the same people that did McMillions, Brian, is it? I knew I they were trying right. to do it, I think but right. I don't know if they ultimately ended up doing it. But very much in the, in the veins of McMillions, which we really liked, the McDonald's Monopoly uh, documentary series. This is very much like that in where Pepsi uh, kind of got screwed with their own advertising back in the <laughs> 90s, where they advertised a jet for 7 million Pepsi points, which was like, you get a buy kit. Pepsi, you get five Pepsi points, whatever it was. And so a dude actually tried to get seven million, and this is his journey to get the jet. And um really interesting documentary. Really fun. I love these these um when the corporate world and like middle America kind of clash. I think it's mm-hmm. really fun. Um, I don't want to say it's a scam documentary because it's certainly not a scam, but I don't know. It has the notes of like a I don't know, buddies ripping off the big guy type of a thing. Um, so I love that and um, really fun. I think it's on Netflix. Pepsi, Where's My Jet yeah. is what it's called. Uh, but Team Coke all the way. Team Classic. Classic. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a fun show. I remember that story from that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, Obviously, there's a lot of details that uh, that I did not know. But uh, yeah, it was, it's a funny, <laughs> funny bit that they... That they screwed that up so badly that they just put out this ad without yeah. any asterisk. Any disclaimer, or, yeah. Yeah, any disclaimer or anything. It's just, it's such a screw up and uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's fun to, the, the uncle that the guy, you know, had to use essentially, because he was a kid, basically. He was like 17 or 18. The, uncle the guy he used, had to use for to fund yeah. it all is to fund it all. Man, it's kind he of is a treasure yeah. level. Yeah. He's awesome. I, I guarantee there's like, if, if we could pull his, uh, his record, I guarantee you we would find some not great stuff, but like just as a like a corporate antagonist, mm-hmm. he he rules, man. He's, hey he's man, I need uh seven hundred thousand dollars to yeah. screw Pepsi over. Yeah. All right, he's I got look, you. He, he yeah. looks like Pat Riley. <laughs> like, yeah. Richard, he looks like Pat Riley. It's so and he just is like, Yeah, we're we're taking Pepsi. It was it's he's pretty great. Again, I'm sure if we like looked in his past, we would find like, oh yeah, he did some really terrible stuff. He just kind of has the vibe. But for this particular docu series, it's man, he's he's a great foil. Yes, Pepsi. Where's my jet? Is um, I recommend. It's fun. Four episodes and a good little, good little break from some movie watching for you. Sure. All right, there you go. There's Avatar Two: The Way of Water. Is three going to be the seed bearer? We'll find out soon. <laughs> but until then, please subscribe to the VIP feed in which we got some uh, Muppet Christmas Carol talk coming mm. this week in honor of Christmas. A lot of fun throwbacks have been recently posted on there. You got a little taste of that with Richard and Brian doing doing some Avatar talk. But we talk older movies weekly, multiple times a week sometimes on that feed. So madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIPs where you go to get that. And that is the best way to support the show, donate to the show, make sure that we keep doing podcasts is to subscribe there. All right. We'll see you over there for the after party. 
or next time at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. The silence is They're calling again. Yes.